Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In episode six of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss artificial pitches disappointing Dolphins, question if 49er fans are deluded, and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone, presented by Sport Tank. Ollie Ong and Chris Tebbett here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Tebs, the Vent Zone has entered the, the realms of live broadcasting. How are you doing? No, there's, there was no more room for error, any sort of things that you that Chris has left in that could be treated as a blooper. Well, it doesn't matter now because we're just going to have to deal with it on the fly. And luckily, me and Ollie are both professionals, so there'll be none. Well, f- fingers but, crossed. And uh, we also have to deal with uh, dodgy internet and all of these things as we go along. So we're just about to figure, we'll figure out how professional we really are before we know it. But yeah, going to be a good show. We've obviously just come off the back of uh, week five that was really good, or as I like to call it, it was Taysom Hill week. It was uh, it was quite a showing up from the tight end, quarterback, running back, uh, f- uh, <laughs> fullback, whatever chef, you want to call him. Chef, owner, <laughs> boss, trainer, yeah. SEC yeah, yeah. coach, yeah. pretty much. And uh, it was uh, it was a, it was a rough day. I mean, another performance I really liked was Brees Hall. Um, going up against the Dolphins, which I, I have a feeling you might have some thoughts about uh, that. Tebs. I don't know. What you mean. <laughs> I don't know. I did. Basically, might as well have just said didn't watch. Like, might as well, might as well say that I never. I was, I was never even there because the fucking Dolphins weren't. Well, but so we'll save d- that for later. We will save that for later. But Tebs, you're you're coming off the trip of a uh, um, off a trip to Athens. So was that was that good? Did you enjoy that? I enjoyed Athens. I, I did. It was, you know, the beer was cheap. The sights were fantastic. And I had the absolute displeasure of watching the Miami Dolphins, you know, in a land far, far away, hoping that maybe my uh, 
my newfound sort of fairness for being in Greece would help my attitude. It didn't. Basically, it ruined my holiday. Okay, because I was thinking that you would find a way to you basically not tune in. And I think it would have been a good week to do it, what with Skylar Thompson having to come in and start. But as you said earlier, we will get onto that later. So, uh, yeah, welcome into the event zone, everybody. Uh, we do really want to hear events from everyone. This, at the end of the day, is a platform for fans to get stuff off their chest. So um, the idea is we want to hear events from you. We'll get them on the show and we'll discuss them Um and uh, and then hopefully at some point down the line, now that we've started live shows, people can actually come on and uh, tell us why Tebs and I are wrong. Um, but in the meantime, the vent zone might be a new concept to other people. So Tebs, could you give the listeners a quick uh, briefing on what the vent zone really is? So what the vent zone is, is it's a show for you. Basically, me and Ollie, we are the Fraser Crane and the Niles Crane of American here to talk to you the fans to make sure you've got all of the stress of a terrible weekend for your team off your back or maybe is you're so jubilant with your team's success that that almost it becomes annoying to your to your friends to your family to your co-workers and we're here to sort of take that away from you bring it on the show cast it out to a nice wide audience and get it off your chest yeah that's exactly right at the end of the day the message is we're here for you we're here for the fans and obviously we're fans ourselves. So this is essentially, you know, a weekly counselling session for Tebs and myself as well. So uh, the more the merrier, I think we can uh, get through it together, basically, because uh, we all know that NFL teams have a, a very proven track record for messing things up, um, which, to be fair, transitions, transitions us quite nicely onto um, our first event, which does, which Tebs, you're going to do for us, aren't you? So uh, what is uh, what's troubling you at the moment? Oh, what do you think is troubling me? What do you think is troubling me? It's it was the it's the New York Jets, the thorn in my side. Honestly, there is there is not happiness without the New York Jets because they're so annoying. They're bad. They're a bad school. They've been a bad school for years. They've been the absolute textbook. Um, the the textbook the, you you look at failure and misery in the dictionary. You look at Jets fans, Fire and Sam. All f- now here's the thing. Obviously, to attack my lower, he's he's gone for a bit. He's in, still in concussion protocol. He's not returning for a hot minute. Um, so obviously, Dolphins. Who we got? We got Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is a backup. That's not particularly. That's not bad. Not bad at all. First play of the game, concussion protocol. What? What is what is this karmic retribution? Why? Why, Lord? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Right? So we put in Skylar Thompson, third string QB, and the Jets fans think it's some sort of victory that they managed to smash us. But it wasn't even that bad of a smashing. Sauce Gardner, waft. I don't like him. <laughs> don't be cocky. Don't be that cocky. It's not, I'm not feeling it. Um yeah, he's a and good player. Though. You thing. can be you can be that cocky when you're that good, and uh, especially no, no, no. as a, a young rook. <laughs> not uh, not against the third string QB. Don't get don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. If you're playing a third string QB, I'm not having it. Disgusting. Um, and then it wasn't even too bad of a game. And it's it gets to the point where you just you, you're so sick of the Dolphins. You just want to just fucking. Just fucking put, put me in there, coach. Just fucking 
Just put me in there. I'm ready. I'm ready, Mike. <laughs> put me in there. You know? So, I'm ready to go. Dolphins aren't, but I am. So, he's, right. he, my, he's got my number. But so, Pete, what I'm mean, saying is... Yeah, finish. Sorry, finish what you're going to say. What, what I'm saying is, the Jets shouldn't be celebrating. The Jets fans, the Jets themselves, should not be celebrating that they managed to beat a team with that with our third string quarterback and Xavier Howard also being out. You didn't beat the full squad. It's not a don't count it as a success for you. That that's that's my verb. What do you what do you think? Am I overreacting to this? Uh, yeah, well, should I, they call it a W? So I think that I mean, as because because you're, you're a fan of the team, you're you're just always going to be harsher on them. I feel like that's the way it is. As you as you've said in previous podcasts, NFL fans love their team, but God, do they hate their team as well? So I hate my team so much. Exactly. So you're gonna you're gonna always be a bit harsher. And I, like I guess when it comes to the Dolphins, because they got off to this ridiculous start where they in the first three weeks they they beat you know such strong teams, including the Bills. Um, they beat the Patriots as well, didn't they? So. It was just uh, Patriots aren't a strong team. Yeah, I know, but it was just the whole, you know, defeating Belichick. Like it's just these, these kind of Dolphins of all. Did you say defeating Belichick? Did you boys know that Tua Tagovailoa is four and zero against Bill Belichick? Okay, okay, fair enough. So it, that one was an easy win then. But when you look at the games, they were all quite close games, and they weren't necessarily the most high scoring. So I guess you could query whether or not something like this was coming. But I do think you're being too harsh because at the end of the day. What are you really going to hope to achieve with a third third string quarterback who came in, you know, with no prep, really? Um, but then on the other side of it, the game was kept really close until, I mean, it was in the fourth quarter, um, the Jets scored 21 points to, to really take the game away and make the score look as bad as it was. The reality is, is that in the third quarter, it was still a close game. And even despite all of the injuries and everything, it still looked as if, I'll tell you what, Ollie. I, when I was on my lovely vacation, I was watching the game, of course, and a friend of mine, I told him the score after, and he turned to me and went, what, did the, Dolphins not, did the Dolphins just not put up a fight? I was, I was going to smack him. It was, I, that, was, that was on his hands. He almost, caught, he, almost caught his, he almost caught his hands. I couldn't be dealing with it. Caught these, caught these fins that I've got on my hands. You know, I couldn't believe it. Well, look, it, it was frust- look, definitely frustrating for Miami. Um, I must say, on the other side of it, just the Jets, there might be something cooking there. Like, if you for, for a draft, no, a draft hall with as you've mentioned, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, incredible talents, all t- all taken in the top forty picks. So often you see teams messing up the draft, and uh, and this time, and they seem to have definitely hit hit the jackpot there. Um, right. Uh, what well up, Tebs? I hope you feel better now. That's off your chest, nice and relaxed. Um, right, moving on to the next event. We've got a, uh, a pre-recorded event sent in by Jordan. So let's hear it. My event this week is about the San Francisco 49ers fans. When Trey Lance got injured a few weeks ago, I was sat near one. You know, he went up to bed crying and missed the whole of red zone because of it. Said the season was over. What's the point watching it? Two games later, they're the new Super Bowl contenders, potentially. One of the best teams in the NFC. What a joke. 49ers fans need to get a grip and see what winning is. Trey Lance was not going to win them win them any playoff games this season. Jimmy Groppolo will get them to the NFC Championship and potentially the Super Bowl. 
get some realism in it. He's the quarterback that's going to drive you forward. He's the quarterback that's got you to places, the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship. Pull yourself together, Niners fans. You're on the Jimmy train, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. So, so I, d- I mean, I take this personally for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I am a 49er fan. Uh, secondly, I was the 49er fan in question who was uh, distraught, we'll say, when Trey got in, got injured. And the the reason for, for the distraughtness was because there's just been all these questions for so long. Um, but in fairness, I can understand where Jordan is co for. And I can understand where like other people who don't follow the 49ers week in, week out would see this as just a really good thing. And in fairness, the way it's going at the moment, it is going well. But what for, what 49er fans understand is Jimmy Garoppolo can do a good game here or there. He can maybe even get two in a row like he has done now. But he is just so prone to mistakes and he is so prone to being mediocre that I think the best way to sum it up is quite a lot of our success in the past has been that the team has been so good around him that we have won in despite of him in to despite him rather than we win because of him and now I've stolen that from another uh, a 49er YouTuber because it's just so perfectly summed up Grant Cohen uh, really really good way of summing it up um, but yeah I just feel like he we win because of the people around him and he just does the bare minimum. And then quite often we will lose because when he tries to do too much, he then messes it up. Um, but I felt like, Tebs, that you might have enjoyed that event because I know you like to have a go at other fan bases. You even like to have a go at your own. So what's your take on the 49ers and the fan base? For me, like, for, for me, Jordan's absolutely 100% correct. You know, like Trey Lance is, you know, he's, he's a good prospect, but... You know, Jimmy, Jimmy G did lead you to a Super Bowl. I feel like that's forgotten about. You know, and like he's he's. But right. we lost the Super. But we he, lost he, the Super Bowl. Yeah, but how how many Super Bowls have the Dolphins been in since the like one time Marino took us in like the nineties? We just to be there is uh, you know yeah, it's true. not good enough. It's not good enough, but it's it's better than anything. It's better than just sort of languishing within the realms of your um, division, whether it's NSC, AFC, whatever the denumerations from that are, you know, you've got to like, I, f- I fully understand. I think the fans should get a grip and stop this sort of, Oh, but he's Jimmy G, but no, just go all in on Jimmy G. He's yeah, going to but- be there for a while. But if you look at if you look at it from the other perspective, and again, this is just to kind of explain the mindset of a 49er fan who is dev- who is gutted that we don't get to watch Trey Lance's because we know what Jimmy G can do, right? We know that he can potentially get us to the Super Bowl, and that is great. And it sounds ridiculous to complain, uh, you know, when you've got fan bases such as Miami or New York Jets or uh, you know even the Cleveland Browns who've just suffered for so long, and then we get a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship in the space of three years, and we complain. I know it must be really annoying for the fans, but the more of it, the, the crux of it is that Trey Lance has got so much kind of untapped potential that he could turn into someone like Josh Allen. You know, he's been compared to Josh Allen. That's his closest comparison. Even someone like you know, he has the he's not quite, he's nowhere near as quick as Lamar or as agile, but he has the rushing ability. He has the cannon of the arm. He can make these ridiculous like Patrick Mahomes types throws. And yes, he's raw as anything. He's so raw, but he just has that potential. So the fact that we've now had to, you know, he didn't play his last year at college very much. He then sat last year. Now he's injured this year. And it's like, you just see that opportunity fading away. We're hoping for the ceiling and we see this ridiculous potential where Jimmy could get us there. So Trey Lance could just 
give us five Super Bowls in a row if he if he turns out like he has. So, can you at least understand where I'm coming from as I try to defend the 49er fan base? I, especially I can, especially coming from the whole two attack of my lower situation, um, sort of last year, but not last year, but like because you know he was he was benched for a little bit and then he came in and then he was then he was and then he was the starter and then he wasn't the starter. And then the next year, broken ribs. I get that. It feels like he's sort of on that train, um, the same train that uh, uh, Lance is on. But, you know, that's sort of my perspective. But I feel like there's someone who might be able to give a bit more colour to how 49ers fans actually feel. Hello, gentlemen. I am. I'd like to thank you for bringing me in. Uh, I feel like I have a very unbiased opinion. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> All right, for people that are just listening and not watching, uh, we'll basically say that Chris looks like he's walked into the uh, or the uh, the Forty Nine er merchandise shop has thrown up all over him, and he is <laughs> he is dawned in red and gold from top to toe. Hey man, you got to put it out for big occasions like our first live show, you know. No, I think uh, John's event is it's it's an interesting one. Um, I think most of my points have probably been covered off by this now, but I think there's a reason why you go out and you get you give you give up so much um, to get a new quarterback, and ultimately Jimmy G is just not going to get you over the hump. And what else do you play for a season? You know, when you start a season, what do you start for? You start to win a Super Bowl. So anything less than that is not going to make your fan base happy. So and, and I, I think the the particular thing is because Chris, like you said about how he doesn't get you over the hump. When the 49ers lost the Super Bowl, there was that the, the kind of pivotal play was when he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders, which is obviously not a strong point of Jimmy Garoppolo's game at all. And then it was so soon, it was soon after that, obviously, that we go and get go trade for Trey, who's who's got that cannon. And admittedly, Jimmy overthrew him. So it's not the arm strength that was the issue, but it's that whole kind of perception of the downfield passing. And um, yeah, it's you see the limitations and you see what Trey Lance could potentially do to to save us from that, basically. Absolutely. No, I need to go because I need to get some of these layers off because it's far too hot. Yeah, and also we're going to be testing Chris's uh, talents here as a producer as we move swiftly on to the next event. Uh, so we're going to... It's no surprises that this topic comes up. Um, we're going on to the Broncos, which I, I feel like is going to be a heavily vented team this year. Uh, yeah, 100%. Underwhelming, I think, is probably a, a good way to sum it up. It's really been a disaster. I mean, if you just look at the first game, losing to the Seahawks, um, losing to Geno Smith, and for the Seattle organization, they're in absolute <laughs> dreamland right now. But why is Geno Smith so good? That's the problem. <laughs> See, this is this was Seattle's problem. They needed to get Russell out of the building. Like years ago, as soon as they lost that Super Bowl, they should have just gone right. We need to get Russell out of the building. He's holding us back. Let's get Gino in ASAP. Get him in, <laughs> and they would have they would have been laughing. I think. I think that um, the point. Uh, so, Chris, I think we got a vent here. Uh, we got a a picture that you can bring up because um, the yeah, nicely done. So, obviously, one of the biggest issues that have come out of this season is the fact that the that the uh, the Broncos signed Russell. Wilson, and then straight away decided to extend him massively and give him $245 oh, yeah. million. So we're looking at a picture here on the screen 
Breaking news. So it's a mugshot of Russell Wilson. Breaking news. Russell Wilson arrested in Denver for allegedly frauding the Denver Broncos for $245 million, which I think is definitely how the, the majority of the Broncos fan base feels. Um, Tevs, how do you, would you sum up this uh, fantastic season for the, uh, the Broncos so far? Well, for me, it was, it's more of a case of I said this when the trade happened. They paid too much and Russell Wilson is washed. Luckily, like I've not been one. If you if you haven't seen my cold takes throughout my uh, my period at Sport Tank, they are they are you know numerous my Arctic takes. However, this one has been um, a very very hot take that has come off so far. Russell Wilson is not that good, and I've said this for a while. He's not that good. They overpaid. He has been awful. He's been boring. He's been cringe. He's been <laughs> awful. Just there's so much of Russell Wilson's sort of persona when joining the Broncos, both on the field and off. It's just been so sort of detrimental to the cause of the Denver Broncos. I have friends who are Denver Broncos fans who reach like, that's it. We're going Super Bowl. This is it. We've we've we're, we're going all the way. No, no, you're you're, well, even, you're 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 not even making the playoffs. Like, Everyone was looking at the AFC West when he. When he uh, moved over to the Broncos, everyone was like, this division is just insane. And now you've got the Broncos in the position that they're in. And then you've got the Raiders at one and four as well. It's, uh, it's not good. They're not quite the, the scary division that we thought. But um, Chris, if you could just bring up the next screenshot, because uh, we put a conversation starter basically into a Broncos fan group to just get a sense of what they were feeling. And... An interesting comment that I had here from uh, Gabriella Schaffer was um, about the preseason. So the second one on this, he says, why didn't we use our starting offense in preseason to build the chemistry, which is a huge, huge factor of why, um, whereas they're still having to learn in game uh, in week five. And another thing she pointed out was that Jerry Judy didn't receive, you know, his first proper throw from Russell Wilson until the, the actual season. And they've got a new coach as well. So to me, Tebs, it really feels like, yes, you don't want to get your players injured, but in certain scenarios like this one, you've got to get your players some chemistry and, and get them going properly in the preseason. 100%. You've also got to look at just how sort of poor Nathaniel Hackett has actually been as a... Head well, he coach needed like, reps as well, didn't he? So he needed reps in the preseason as well, I feel. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where, like, as an NFL head coach, obviously, like... Time management is a, is a huge thing that you've got to deal with. But what annoyed me about Hackett was he made a questionable call and then the next day at a press conference turned around and went, oh, yeah, that was a bit thick, wasn't it? No, you need to stand by it because now, you've, what, now all you've done is you've put it out there that you don't know what you're doing. It was um, thick, though. <laughs> it was thick. But, like, <laughs> like stand by your thickness you know, stand by your thickness. Um, but the Denver Broncos just seem everything is a everything is being built on everything's built on sand over at Denver. Everything's everything is just not stable enough. And you know, I'm happy for like the rest of the teams in that division who aren't the Raiders because the Raiders suck. I knew that they'd suck well. Um, but it was supposed to be this high flying division and. You know, the the Chiefs lost to the Colts. Embarrassing, you know. So, 
but yeah, I guess to go back to the to, we'll stay stay on the Broncos. I'm I am not surprised, which you know is shocking because normally I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, normally I take it wrong and cold to the point in which I put a bet on the Russell Wilson season passing yards. I picked the under, not the over. And right now it's coming off. And with Jerry Judy on my fantasy team, he's ruining my life. Well, you've at least you've hedged yourself. So you've got a, you've got a fantasy player you're rooting for, but you've got some financial interest in them not doing well. So, yeah, it's weird. I mean, and also, yes. I mean, I'm a court. So in fantasy, I'm a Courtland Sutton owner, which is which is conflicting because Russell Wilson seems to just look at Courtland Sutton and barely look elsewhere, other than when they randomly decide to throw every single pass to the tight ends who you haven't even heard the name of. Um, but there was the last play on the last game when they when they lost to the Colts when uh, he had uh, Hamler wide open right in the middle of the field and he was just staring down Cortland Sutton the whole time and that's why they lost. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's enough on the Broncos. Um, yeah, good luck to the Broncos fans, I think, for the rest of the season. They might well need it with Javante Williams out as well. Um, cool. So, yeah, you're listening to the NFL Vent Zone. And uh, as you can tell so far, this is made up of vents. And uh, for us, it's better if we... Tebs and I do less venting. I don't want to listen to Tebs and Tebs doesn't want to listen to me. So this is a platform True. to get your vents discussed, get something off your chest. If there's something that's really winding you up about your team, um, this is the place to do it because we know NFL fans can do, uh, NFL teams can do that. So to get your vent on the show, just simply send it to nflventzone at gmail.com uh, and we will feature on the show. If you can send us a voice note, that's ideal. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, then please do just write us an email and we'll discuss it on the show anyway. Uh, this show is also presented by Sport Tank, a fantastic organisation focusing on Britball primarily, but American football as well. And um, Tebs, as the uh, the resident Sport Tank head of media, perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about Sport Tank and uh, what they do. So Sport Tank is an unbiased, independent media organisation focusing on Britball, as Ollie said. Obviously, the Britball senior season. It's gone now. The women's season. It's out of sight. People are in their pre-season for that. But starting on the 24th of October, the return of the rundown, focusing on Uniball. And this time, this year on the rundown, it's got a very special twist because I will be hosting the show, but also I am now playing in Uniball. So it's going to be an interesting sort of season. To I thought you said it was unbiased. <laughs> you said it was unbiased. That's, 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 the, that's the twist. That's the <laughs> twist. I've got to sort of balance um, being in, uh, being on a Uniball team while also doing the show. So, um, so it's going to be very funny because I've got to go up against teams that personally don't like me. So... That's going to be fun. So, uh, yeah. Well, it's good that you've got it's good that you've got a pre-existing reputation. Uh, that if you can take something out of it, just take that out of it. You may be hated, but at least people know about you, so that's good. Um, but yeah, check out Sport Tank. Um, there is genuinely there's lots of regular content on there, uh, including a column from myself, which comes out every Thursday, uh, discussing some of the uh, most event-worthy topics from the previous week's games um some of which you do here on this show so uh on the topic of events let's move on to the next one um we're going to look at some new york football right so of all the terms of the nfl 
one of the things that I find really annoying is New York football. Like, it just gets under my skin. What's it supposed to represent? It's supposed to be like sort of gritty, aggressive football players. Where it's supposed to be rough, tough, ready to go. I'm supposed to re- respect this this term, this idea of New York football. My team is supposed to be afraid of that. But what what does it make me think of? It makes me think of Daniel Jones falling over. The fact that a team can't get over the, the simple legacy of the fact that some of their players took a photo on a boat makes me think of Adam Gase, who was basically the worst head coach until Urban Mayer came along and sort of usurped him. It makes me think of Mark Sanchez running into his lineman's own ass. This is the legacy of New York football. Or maybe it's all part of the ultimate con that they're not even in New York. Matt Denton, Big Daddy Denton from the, oh gosh, a flag team, the Vipers. But one thing that we've got to consider here is we're doing him a bit dirty here because he's sitting that in at the start of the season where, you know what, the term New York football did not mean much. The Jets and the Giants were still the Jets and the Giants. And obviously when we talk about New York football, we are not talking about the Buffalo Bills, which is strange considering they are the only team that actually plays in New York. We're talking about the Jets and the Giants. For the first time since 2015, both the Jets and the Giants are over are 0.5. They're 0.500. That they're they're on they're on the money. They're winning. They're, they're winning. They've got winning records for the first time together since 2015. And this this event really is about what is going on. Why has the world collapsed? The pound has tanked. It, you need lots of money to buy a house, and the Jets and the Giants are now good. Um, what? What? What is going on? <laughs> and what a crazy world we live in. I mean, yeah, it's it's probably been the uh, the Giants in particular has been one of the more enjoyable storylines. I feel. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, Tebs, but the after the London game. Um, the Giants head coach, Brian Dable, running off the pitch, just absolutely losing his mind, just freaking out. Um, and it's stuff like that. It's just so good to see. And it really got me thinking because particularly this week when you have Matt Rule being fired um, just five weeks into the season, despite being owned still like, what, 40 million over the next four years or something, and they still fired him because he's that bad. And it just got me thinking about when you look at the players on the on the Panthers team, they're quite good. And then you look at the players on the Giants team, they've kind of got gaps everywhere. They've got Saquon Barkley, who's an absolute king of a running back. He's, you know, he's he's carrying the team. Defensively, they've got the odd they've got the odd player here and there. Um, wide receivers, it's just you know, there's no rec- well, they're recognizable names, but they're absolutely not threatening players at all. Yet this team. No. Just keep winning, and it's and it. You just wonder why and how, and then it makes you realize coaching is important. And I know that feels like an obvious thing to say, but Brian Dable just must be doing a hell of a job because when you look at what he's doing with what he had, and then you look at what Matt Rule managed with what he had, the common denominator has got to be coaching. And yes, you can talk about quarterback as well, but I mean Daniel Jones is hardly, you know, that good to make a massive difference. It's, it's, yeah, especially like if, if on paper you had Baker Mayfield or Dan Jones, I'd be hard-pressed for you not to take Baker Mayfield. Um, not now, though. It's, uh, I not, still, not, I still like, not after the five weeks that we've seen from Baker Mayfield. It I is. still like Baker Mayfield, but 
you know, Dan Jones' legacy is like falling over and tripping over. As as um, Matt said in his vent, you know, the legacy of New York football is not particularly um, fantastic. You know, the whole thing with the picture on the boat, and it seems to be that the Giants have finally sort of flipped that narrative. They can forget about the the the, the boat picture, or even the the Jets with Mark Sanchez running the ball up and other players' um, anus. Um, <sighs> So, side point: I was out last night, and in a in the bar, uh, there was a girl wearing a Mark Sanchez Jets jersey. Why? 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 Well, Why? His, Why join uh, that? Why join that? His fortunes are uh, are going up again because he's now calling games and doing a pretty good job at it. Pretty good job of it. <laughs> so he's having a he's he's coming back around, you know, like uh, like how old clothes come back into fashion. It's basically what Mark Sanchez is now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the uh, perhaps this is this is the the moment in time where the uh, the phrase New York football finds its kind of calling again and actually has some merit behind it because the two teams are doing really well. Obviously, we've spoken about the Giants and then the Jets. The Jets. I mean, I'm still not convinced by them. As we discussed earlier, you know, they only just well, they didn't only just beat, but. It only took it to the fourth quarter where they just ran away and scored 21 points to get past a Miami Dolphins team that were beaten up and starting, well, not starting, but having to bring in Skylar Thompson. So not 100% convinced by them, but definitely a very promising start to the season, having won now two games with Zach Wilson and having such a strong showing from Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall, oh my God. 197 yards he had in the last game when the whole team had don't you dare don't you dare forget about the elite Joe Flacco as well. <laughs> he did a job. He did a job. Well, he did all right. The okay. elite Joe Flacco. The elite Joe Flacco. Um, yes, right. Let's 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 move on. That's that's enough on New York football. Um, but hopefully, in four weeks' time, we, we can be talking about them. They still both got winning records. Let's see. Um, right. So. Moving on to my event. So I'm taking this in a slightly different direction. I'm not actually venting about a team in particular, which um, the vent zone isn't just for fans to vent about teams. It's just to vent about the NFL in general as well. And something that I just can't understand is why there's still artificial turf pitches. Because it seems that every year there's injuries and somebody tears an ACL um, and then the player comes out or pe- the, a flurry of players come out and tweets. It's like, I don't know how we're playing on turf pitches anymore. It's just not fair. It's just ridiculous. And I mean, just think about Sterling Shepard. I don't know if anybody saw that, but Sterling Shepard just a few weeks ago, probably week three of the season, I don't probably, he was literally just jogging, running a very relaxed uh, route. He was just jogging and uh, just pulled up and his just tweaked his ankle, it looked like, and he'd torn his ACL just from a light jog. And it begs the question, like, why on earth are they still playing on turf pitches? And you could argue that look, a freak injury like an ACL, how can you actually pin that on it being a turf pitch? There's not really any way to prove that. And there's not. When you look at specific events, you can't. It's difficult to prove that. But there is research that has been done by the NFL Players Association that shows that players do have a 28% higher uh, 28% higher rate of uh, of non-contact injuries, if that made sense. Um, and in particular, this article that I was reading earlier by JC Tretter, who has who is the um, like lead ambassador for the NFL Players Association, he said that he quite literally would feel stiffer the next day after playing on artificial turf rather than grass. And what's interesting about it is the science behind that is that natural grass, when you 
put a lot of force onto it, it eventually it will break and it will give and that releases the pressure whereas on artificial turf it because it's synthetic it doesn't give so what that means is that the the ligaments and the limbs of of players is absorbing all of that force hence there being way more potential for injury um so yeah and chris if you just bring up the uh the tweet here that we've got from odell beckham um i mean you remember that injury don't you terms the sterling shepherd one it was pretty shocking yeah. to see just because it looked like he was very nonchalantly jogging down the pitch it's one of those things where like non-contact injuries are always very i'd say they're more scary than sort of con injuries because like it's literally just something as inconsequential as what sterling shepherd did where you're simply just running down the pitch and then it's gone like your season's sort of over um like it's it's a very good point, and it, you have to consider sort of the percentages when looking at player safety. Because I remember that during the preseason on training, they had obviously the guardian caps yeah, over yeah, the yeah. helmets, where it was like I think it's if a player does a helmet to helmet in the preseason with a guardian cap on, it lowers concussion rates by ten. But if both players have a guardian cap on, it lowers the rate of concussions by. 20%. Obviously, like the, those metrics are quite low, but players are play, but the NFL are willing to use that just to sort of levy the um the the issue with concussions. But if 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 the research shows it is 20%, fewer fewer sort of non-contact injuries on grass, then like that's that's a high enough percentage to be like yeah, just Use grass. There's enough money in the league, isn't there? Surely, it's a, you know, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. It should just why can't they just make it? Look, the best example I can give. Obviously, we've spoken about Sterling Shepherd. All right, we're going to go to the same field in 2020, and this is just one example. There's plenty of them. In one game, week two, 49ers versus the New York Jets. The 49ers in one game lost Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas both to ACL tears. Jimmy Garoppolo sprained his ankle and Raheem Mostert sprained his MCL. That's all in the same game, all on the MetLife turf. I mean, if you you, you have the numbers to say 28% high and then you see games like that and it's like, I'm pretty sure Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas did it on back-to-back plays. That's just a ridiculous amount of injuries. And it just, when there's this much money in the league, I don't understand why they don't have them have them in it does make sense you know there's one thing about like player safety being paramount but obviously like the the big sort of talking point in a minute is the concussions you know but you don't talk about people sort of you don't really see people talking as much about the the acl tears the meniscus tears the sprained ankles you don't really see people talking about that as much um and i think it's worth i think i think it's worth a discussion from the nfl to sort of say well if this, if the percentage is this high, why not just make it mandatory? Yeah, I mean the owners have enough money. Like at the end of the day, I mean again, the other thing that winds me up is you look at Matt Rule, who is now going to he got a fully guaranteed contract, and he now is going to sit for, for the next four years, earning eight hundred and forty-seven thousand pounds a month for the next four years for doing fuck all. And then you have players who, I mean, you see some of these shocking concussions that you have. And their contracts are yes, they get paid well, but when you consider the the injuries that they put, they are susceptible for, and then you have a coach. Just these owners need to just get to, uh, grass pitches everywhere um, because it's just it's just ridiculous, really. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, NFL owners, which I'm sure you are, could you just 
do that, please. Yeah. Uh, right. We're just going to quickly move on to the final section of this podcast. Uh, we're going to just have a quick chat about what we're looking forward to most in week six. Let's roll the video, Chris. You like that? You like that? Thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> You're a really good producer. I'm very proud of you. Thanks for that. Um, right, Tebs, what are you looking forward to in week six? Well, in terms of being a Dolphins fan, I've got nothing to look forward to on that particular front because obviously we are starting Skylar Thompson. Sure, he's a lovely, lovely bloke, but I'm not particularly looking forward to that game because we're going against the Minnesota Vikings, who are doing quite well. So my game, what I'm looking forward to is the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Eagles, obviously the last undefeated team. I want to see them fall, obviously, being a Dolphins fan. They are doing well. As much as I don't like the fan base, the team is good. We can't deny that. On the other side, the Cowboys. The Cowboys have got Cooper Rush. You look at Cooper. Cooper Rush is doing everything. You're watching You're watching Dak Prescott's career fumble down the toilet every time Cooper Rush steps on that field. He is undefeated currently as a player, not as a squad. But they are going to head. So it's going to see, will it be the Eagles once again taking home a fat W or will Cooper Rush use his momentum to destroy the dreams of the Philadelphia Eagles fans? Well, the, and the interesting thing about Cooper Rush is that he was the first uh, Cowboy quarterback to win his first four games in history. So that is a pretty crazy stat when you think about who else they've had and he's now won another one as well uh right what am i looking forward to the absolute undoubted uh headline matchup of the week is the bills versus the chiefs now last time these two played was that infamous or famous playoff game which has literally seen um the uh over overtime rules change uh, and we had what 12 seconds for pat mahomes to go down and score which he did uh, that obviously happened. That was insane. And then also the other interesting point for me is we spoke about this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. The Bills, they have now won a one-score game. Funnily enough, they did that last week. But up until that point, they had a track record of losing seven one-score games in a row, uh, which leads into the kind of theme that maybe they're bottle jobs. And admittedly, they now did win a one-score game against the Bengals this week. But I'm just interested to see... No, not against Bengals. Whoever it was, I can't remember. Ravens. Ravens, that's it. The Ravens. Ravens. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because you just just assume this is going to come down to a tight game. Uh, Right. um, Producer Cash, what are you looking forward to? Hello, gentlemen. Uh, I'm back again. What I'm most looking forward to this week is the absolute shit off that is going to be uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm just excited to see how bad it is, just to see how who's worse and worse, because I think that might be two of the worst teams in the NFL that we are currently experiencing. Uh, is anybody else excited to see that absolute shit show? Um, I, I personally, just, just because Indianapolis versus Jacksonville is always shit. <laughs> it's always wank. Like last year, the Colts had the opportunity to make the playoffs, but the Colts can't win in Jacksonville. I believe this game is in Indianapolis, which is a different story. So, yeah, I mean, the Colts have been won, but you can't come away from beating Kansas City without some sort of pep in your step. Obviously, they didn't do it last week. But 
also the Jacksonville Jaguars lost to the Texans. So I am I am feeling incredibly confident that the Jags are gonna win this game. Yeah, very so confident. I. I am feeling I think, very confident that they'll win. I think most teams are probably walking into a game against the Colts at this point and thinking, yeah, I'm gonna get this dub. Um I do uh, I sort of quickly before I do leave what before we end the show, guys, I just want to quickly reference back to uh Cooper Rush in our future events last week. Um and just saying that we do have all of our previous episodes available on uh, Spotify uh, for your listening pleasure. So if you haven't checked them out, do go back and and iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Apple. Yeah, big it up. Because I'm I'm weird and still do that. I still listen on iTunes, on Apple, but apparently I've been told that's weird. Although Chris has gone now, so that is weird. Maybe. That is weird. Okay, thanks, Tev. No, that is weird. Yeah. Um, right then. Game tonight. Uh, nobody mentioned the game tonight as something that they're looking forward to. Come on, and rightfully best. so. What a load of shit! Commanders I, versus Bears. You could, you like, I could, like, I'm a like, I'm a student now, so I'm allowed to be asleep during the day. I slept today, which means there's a good possibility that I won't be going to bed until quite late. Which means I will have the opportunity to sit down and watch Washington versus Chicago. Am I going to do it? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to waste my time watching. Castle, Castle, and I mean this, and I'm, I apologise to Chicago Bears fans, because every Chicago Bears fan I've met has actually been quite nice. The Chicago Bears are the fucking worst team in the league, and you can't tell me otherwise. They are, they're worse than the Colts. They're worse than the Texans. They're worse than the Jags. They're fucking gash. Absolute waft. Like, they get a new stadium. Fucking close the team down. Close it down. Start again. Be like the Chicago uh, what were they like? Toledo Maroons. They're back to being the fucking Toledo Maroons. Awful. Oh, they're so boring and bad. And Wentz is such a bottle job. He's such a knobhead. Okay. Like, so, so, so Tebs is not going to be watching the game. We won't hold it against you if 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 everyone else does. Uh, but oh, anyway, I want to I, I want to point out that I've lied. I'm definitely fucking watching that game if I'm awake. Absolute shit off. I love it. <laughs> Okay. All right then. So uh, on that note, we'll leave it there. Uh, NFL Event Zone. Yeah, you can listen on uh, iTunes, uh, no, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor, and uh, we'll be live on Facebook every Thursday night. So tune in next time. Um, right for terms for me, everyone. Have a good Thursday evening. Goodbye. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.